0: This episode is sponsored by The Alcohol Experiment, a free 30 day challenge designed to interrupt your patterns, give you control, restore your health, and put you back in touch with the version of you who doesn't need alcohol to cope, relax, or enjoy life. More than 220,000 people have already tried the alcohol experiment for themselves and have seen improved sleep, increased happiness, reduced anxiety, and so much more. Join thousands in this inspiring, hopeful, and exciting program where you examine your beliefs and reconnect with the best version of you without ever feeling like you're missing out. Start today for free at alcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and I am here answering readers' questions, and today I have a great question. She wants to keep her name anonymous, but she says, hi, Annie. My question is, how would you respond to those who say, quote, the drunk you is the real you, or respond to the saying, quote, a drunk mind speaks a sober heart and all the other similar things people say? I went out with a couple of friends recently and one of my friends questioned me about my decision to no longer drink i gave her one of my reasons which was because i had blacked out multiple weekends and regretted kissing a woman while blacked out even though i'm straight my friend began accusing me of being gay bisexual and said that i'd kissed the woman because that's what i really wanted to do and i'm actually suppressing that desire when i'm sober i know this isn't true because i have absolutely zero attraction to the same sex but she insisted that people show their true selves when they are drunk I'd love to hear your response to this and know if there's any scientific explanation for why or why not this saying holds true this is such a great question i want to start by just saying that often when we're really getting uh kind of like our feet held to the fire about our not drinking just take it in the context that that so often has more to do with the person sort of bringing that intensity to us than it does with ourselves and so sometimes we can remove that level of emotion a little bit. Uh, But that being said, this is a phenomenal question and it's well worth answering. So, you know, you've heard this lots of time like in vino veritas, which means like in wine there is truth and all of these other sayings that say, hey, like the real you comes out when you're drinking. And what happens when you drink scientifically is that your inhibitions are lowered. This happens in two ways. One is that the brain Inhibits the frontal cortex, which is the human part of the brain, the part that makes decisions. And the other is that the alcohol actually inhibits the amygdala, which means that you feel less fear. So the natural fear that you would feel perhaps by getting up and singing karaoke in front of a lot of people, or maybe like shrieking through your campus naked, or whatever natural fear you would feel in your the part of your brain that says, hey, this is scary. Don't do this. This has risk socially, physically, et cetera. That part of the brain is also inhibited. So those are two of the many reasons. Actually, there's more ways that alcohol inhibits um, or like removes inhibitions, but those are, are two of the big ones. Eventually, alcohol can actually start affecting you in other ways to the point where you black out, which is basically that your brain is no longer recording your experiences. So you're not passed out, but you're conscious, although you will have no recollection of it because your brain has been inhibited to such a point where your brain is no longer recording the experiences. But in terms of reducing inhibitions, those are the two main ways. So the prefrontal cortex becomes impaired And the prefrontal cortex is where you find your decision-making, your empathy, your ability to determine where you're going to put your attention, what you're going to pay attention to. And so the prefrontal cortex is arguably the part of the brain that makes humans humans. It is the part of the brain that separates us from animals. It is the part of the brain that allows us to think about future consequences of our action, allows us to think about past behaviors in the moment to make, we make different behaviors. In short, it is the part of the brain that allows us to live with choice and intention. Choice and intention are two things that are very uniquely human. It is the part of the brain that says, hey, based on all of my past experience and based on what I want for my future, for myself, for my loved ones, for the people around me, these are the actions I'm going to do in this moment. That is what makes us human beings. That is arguably what makes you, you at the highest level. And so when you take that offline, what happens is not that you become more you, it's that you regress to being more animalistic and more prone to make decisions based on your, Uh, animalistic sort of cravings or those very, um, you know, the things inside of you that say, uh, I just want this now. And that happens in a few ways. There's something called alcohol-induced myopia. And I'm gonna just read you what that is very specifically. Um, So myopia is your inability to anticipate the consequences of or effects of the behaviors chosen in the moment. So basically what that means is that in myopia, myopia is nearsightedness. It narrows your, your field of awareness. So instead of being aware of, oh, in the past, I had too much to drink and this is what happened. And I hurt my friend and that wasn't who I wanted to be. That isn't the true me. I don't want to cause that kind of pain. Myopia gets rid of the past, right? So instead of you being able to say, hey, in the future, I actually don't want to have this really bad hangover because who I want to be is somebody who wakes up in the morning and is able to get out for a walk and enjoy the day. And that's how I want to live my life. That's the true me. Myopia says, You're not going to be aware of what's going to happen in the future. You're not going to be aware of what's going to happen in the past. We're going to shrink down your entire experience to this moment in the now. And then the decisions you make are going to be based on what you want to do in this moment, which by the way, again, gets rid of the higher self, gets rid of the self that can see future consequences, that can remember past experiences and says, you are just making decisions in this moment. So what that means is it, you know, how it does that. Again, it reduces activity in the frontal lobe. We've talked about that. And again, in that frontal lobe, that's where the true human is. That's where empathy comes from. Animals don't experience empathy. That's where our ability to have choice and live intentionally comes from. That's where our ability to make decisions come from. And so behaviors that you take while you're under alcohol might seem like your inhibitions have been reduced and that's true, but they haven't been reduced in a way that makes you more you. It makes you regress to a version of you that's no longer even fully human, you could argue in a way. Um, so it's the opposite of like intentional living or personal responsibility or using our incredible human power of choice to create the best lives for ourselves or impact on our surroundings. So another thing that this does is this sense of myopia It actually makes our our fields narrow, so our emotional fields. So one of the ways that we get really confused about this is because if we feel a little bit sad and then we drink, we're more likely to cry, right? And so we say, oh, well, that must be the real me that really cries, you know, on a dime. But that's not actually true. The real you is the one that has the ability to make yourself feel better and self-soothe in that moment. And the real you has the ability to think about, you know, Uh, I've been in this position before in the past and it hasn't been that bad. I've gotten myself out of it. So I'm not going to just like dissolve into just upset right now because I know there's hope. The real you says, you know what? Tomorrow's a new day and I know there's hope. So I'm not just going to dissolve into upset. When you take all of that around and you just focus on this moment and you feel that sadness without the ability to have that brain that can really think about the past and the future and the self, yes, then you just dissolve into hysterics and everything feels hopeless. I mean, I've certainly had my share of hysterical, you know, drinking nights or caring friends who just can't even, everything's wrong in their life. And that isn't because everything's truly wrong or that's exposing who they really are. It is much more because it's taking away the parts of them that make them truly and authentically human. Um, so it is really interesting. We, we see this and, And this idea is so prevalent, this idea that alcohol brings out the truth of who we are, right? But if you look at this and just like, just to get a little dark for a minute, but I think it's worth exploring, you know, alcohol and sexual assault is correlated hugely. Alcohol and child abuse is correlated hugely. Alcohol and suicide is correlated hugely. So with that argument that alcohol makes us who we really are, Does that just mean that we're all just monsters? Does that mean that we all really want to be hurting each other to that degree? And I would tell you that the science says no. Alcohol just actually regresses our brain so that we don't feel the empathy, the compassion, the understanding, the human emotions that actually truly constitute you and your highest and best self, or even yourself. After you drink, you're not even your baseline self, much less your highest or your best self. And you know this is true because of decisions you've made in your own life when you wake up the next morning. And by the way, if alcohol made us who we really are, that would even have the presupposition that we should be born with like a bottle in our mouths because, well, in order to access our true selves, we have to take this external substance and apply it to our bodies and brains. Logically, that doesn't make sense. Equally, it would also say that, okay, for those two or three hours that you're drunk during you know, the day, or maybe if it's just Friday and Saturday, those nights. So throughout all the hours in your week, you're only going to experience your authentic true self for what, three hours a day, maybe two or maybe just six hours a week because you're only drinking on the weekends, like that also makes no sense. So there has to be another explanation. And, And as I said, that other explanation is that alcohol does help us lose our inhibitions, but not in a way that progresses us forward into the truth of who we are, but actually regresses us back into the much more animalistic nature of who we are and um, so we have to say well where does all this come from these these ideas they're such common knowledge they're like in the water we swim in they're in the soup so to speak because we feel like this is common knowledge everybody knows that alcohol in vino veritas like there's sayings about this oh uh, you know these come from the desire to really find uh because of number one, the lack of inhibitions can feel that way. So just on the surface, before you understand what the brain is actually doing, it can feel that way. It can feel like, oh, well, I finally had the guts to like, just tell that, you know, person off when I haven't in a long time, that must be how I really feel. Well, yeah, at some level, you really feel maybe slighted by somebody else. And as if you really want to tell them off, but at a, at another level, at a higher human level, you also feel that there would be consequences to that, that you don't actually wanna do, or you would feel empathy for yourself and that person and an avoidance of conflict. And those things are arguably the more human things. So they come from the fact that there is some truth to the lowering of inhibitions, but they also come in a big part, all of these sayings from, wanting to really justify and normalize and remove discomfort around drinking. And so if you notice the things that we have to have lots of justifications for are usually the things that we feel at some level, even if it's a subconscious level, not as comfortable doing as other things. You don't have to have a lot of justifications for exercise, right? You, nobody's sitting around making sayings that like justify eating right or being kind, or, you know, we make sayings that maybe encourage us to be kinder, but we don't have to justify it. And so some of these things just simply come from, you know, wanting to normalize and remove discomfort from behaviors that at some level, in our higher selves, we feel are incongruent with who we really want to be in the world. So I hope that helps. I hope that makes sense. And what a phenomenal question. Hi, super exciting news. So the Alcohol Experiment book is being released, actually got released just a few days ago with the expanded edition. What does expanded edition mean? It means that every single day throughout the book, there are deep, reflective journal entries that have been added with space to write, which is so cool and so exciting. So you really make it your own. And the reason I did this is because I truly believe that the deepest wisdom you will access throughout the 30 days of the alcohol experiment comes from within you. You know more about what's best for you than anybody else in the entire world. And I know sometimes that can be hard to believe, but when you really access your own wisdom, it is so profound. So you can pick up your own copy at Alcohol Experiment Book. Dot com and check it out. It's really powerful. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.